Translating Early Dutch. This is the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore. We welcome Yanni Venema to the podcast. Thank you for joining us, Yanni. You're welcome. I'll be happy to uh, talk with you. Yanni Venema came to Albany, New York from her native Netherlands 35 years ago and got a job translating New Netherland colony early Dutch manuscripts, working alongside or working with uh, project director Charles Gehring, a task which has occupied her work life for those 35 years. This is really a remarkable story, Yanni. Why did you come to Albany? (laughs) I came, uh, actually, I did not know anything about Albany or Schenectady or New York State at all. Um, I just thought New York was New York City, but I was I had uh, I was corresponding with a with an American boyfriend who I had met on vacation in Europe, and um, uh, at some point he invited me to come to America, and I was always kind of um, uh, in, I, I always wanted to make an uh, vacation on my own, just traveling by Greyhound through America. That was my idea uh, of a big adventure. And then mm-hmm. uh, when I came at the airport, the boyfriend picked me up, and actually we made a cross-country trip together. <laughs> so I did not do it on my own by um, by um, Greyhound bus. That was in the, this is like 1982 or so, I think, mm-hmm. 82 or 83, anyway. Then I, um, boy, I better sit away from the computer, I think. Um, then I um, met Charlie because I I couldn't make up my mind what I wanted to do, whether, because then the boyfriend became a little bit more than just a, a, a an, um, boyfriend. And at some point we thought it would be good to be together. And um, I came with a leave of absence. And that's when I started working with Charlie, who I had met already on a vacation, and um, I taught Dutch at, the, at at a high school in the Netherlands at that time. And I also taught some history. So this was fun. And I was kind of looking for old maps that I could use in my classroom. And um, because the kids didn't know either that New York was a state and not just a city. And um, I figured, well... If I do it with that that way, with those old maps, then I teach them something, and the and the kids are going to be thinking that, oh, the teacher is just talking about her whitewater canoeing and hiking and so <laughs> forth. But in the okay. meantime, they learn that New York is a big state, and it's a beautiful state. So that was a little bit uh, the idea. And then uh, when I was on the leave of absence, that's when I worked with Charlie, um, who I had run into in kind of an double way um i met him on my own because i was looking for those maps and they kind of you know i I wanted to buy a copy of those maps and um they couldn't help me in the museum shop and then i ended up with charlie Mm. and i said to charlie yes no i was going to say charlie gary whom you speak he has an officer he works in the and there you worked in the also in the building that houses the state museum, right? Right, yeah. We are, we are in the education, uh, cultural education center, which houses the museum, the archives, and the library. 
And um, so that's where Charlie was. And when I met him, I said to him, boy, you know, um, the mother of a friend of mine in America had sent me a little newspaper clipping, a clipping about a guy who is translating Dutch documents into English. And I said, boy, you know that somebody else is doing this too? And I was going to look him up, only I hadn't gotten that. And it, the, the, the article clip is still in my uh, backpack. But I'll look him up and I'll bring you guys in contact with each other. Because then Charlie, when I met him, uh, he said that he didn't know of anybody else doing this stuff. Well, needless to say, the next day I was going to look up this guy from the newspaper article, and that was Charlie too. So I would have <laughs> met him anyway. So that's kind of um, a nice, nice kind of coincidence. It is. Well, yeah. this is again. This is quite a story. And I first heard this tale. I mean, I've known Charlie over the years. I mean, he's from originally from the Mohawk Valley where I, where I live, and he's uh, as, as they say, been very nice to me. I, I I do history kind of in a minor or local way, but Charlie's interested in it because he's from the area that I that I write about. But uh, what uh, my first knowledge of you was reading this article that Paul Grandel wrote for the Times Union, uh, saying that you've retired from your 35 years, and he just <laughs> said how you'd you'd come to Albany and you met Charlie, you went to work with Charlie, and you've worked there for 35 years. But there's so many other questions just sort of hanging out there. I hate to ask you, but I will. But you don't have to go there if you don't want to. What happened to the boyfriend? <laughs> we actually were married for 10 years. A little bit over oh. ten years, and um, okay. and then and then we were divorced. Uh, so and he's from, and, and is he from around here, or was it somewhere yeah. else in New York or wherever? And you just yeah, happened he, to go he, to Albany. He was from New York State. Okay. And uh, Paul Grandel tells his story how you. <clears throat> Were to, went to, I don't know, see Charlie or something, and you went up to his office, and it was like almost then that you sealed the deal that you'd work on this project. How did that come to be, that you actually worked on the project translating the Dutch uh, colonial documents? Yeah, well, when I first met Charlie, that was on a, on a regular vacation, and we just met sometime. But when I came with a leave of absence uh, to see whether I really wanted to give up my teaching job in the Netherlands and whether I wanted to live in New York, upstate New York. Um, then um, I met with Charlie again. I called him up and he he recognized my voice right away That because I was here for eight months with the leave of absence. And at some point, I was, you know, I was doing, uh, we had built a new house and I was doing a lot of work around the house. But the only thing that I saw near the house were deer and turtles <laughs> and about... And, and no people, really. <laughs> so then I thought, I called Charlie. And he recognized my voice. And he said, Yanni, where are you? And I was flabbergasted. He said, when are you going to come here again? And I said, oh, I'd rather come tomorrow than the day after tomorrow because I, I don't see any people. And then I started volunteering. So then in 19, that was in 1984. And um, those eight months I volunteered and I transcribed a lot of documents at that time. That's when I learned more about it. And then by the end, uh, I, I still was going back to the Netherlands at that time because I still had my job and everything. But I had decided to come back. And Charlie said to me, 
if you come back, if you decide to come back this, you know, here, you can work with me. So that is how easy it went. Uh, so then the, the state hired you to be... No, like the, not right away. We uh, Charlie was then on NEH funds, um, okay. National Endowment of the Humanities. So he had to raise his own money, and then that would be doubled by NEH. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we did that for a long time. When I was there, too, I... Um, we went. We were. We were doing all kinds of stuff. We had to go out and do fundraising, you know, to kind of beg for money with companies and 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 you name it. But then we had to organize stuff to make people interested in order to get money. So, besides just the translating, we also were trying to do to to um, to to get money so that we that we could get that much that NEH would double it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but all I was trying to say was that I mean, you—it wasn't no longer volunteer work. I mean, you were actually, eventually, getting paid to do this. Yeah. Then, then when uh, when I came back, that was in uh, in January 1985. Then I was getting paid. And tell us about this collection um, that you and Charlie have been translating. What what is this body of work? Well, it's it's a, it's a body of some thirteen thousand documents that are in the New York State archives, and um, and they they were um, they are all in Dutch. Some of some of them are in English. Like they, they are um, council minutes from the Council of New Netherland, which of the whole you know of the whole New Netherland colony, and that would be the council would be. Peter Stuyvesant and a few other men. They were the the government of the entire colony of New Netherland, and those um, those they made council minutes together, you know, to govern New Netherland. And there is also correspondence in it. Those are letters from Stuyvesant and the council to for to to for example to the directors of the West India Company, who were. The real bosses, to, who had appointed Stuyvesant in that in that position, so they had to um, to bear responsibility to the directors of the Dutch West India Company, who were in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. So the documents that we translate are are, are council minutes and correspondence. Mm-hmm. And and these translations that you and Charlie have made have been of great use to historians and historical novelist people and so forth yeah 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 it's nice that uh, you know it, it, it's it's becoming more and more uh, pe- people are more and more interested in it in the beginning there was not all that that much yet and people didn't really know about it but then slowly but surely it, it was fun because we had to um, to write grant proposals and then we we, we also had to make um, oh how do you call the performance reports right mm-hmm. and um, and every performance report we could it, in 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 especially in the 1990s when it really started there were like um, people writing about New Netherland who used the documents and and 
every time we wrote a performance report, there would be a new book about it using the documents we translated. So that was really nice to see. And now, I mean, there there are so many books now on No Netherland. We have a, an entire research room on the seventh floor in the New York State Library. And it's full with just books that refer to New Netherland. And many of them have uh, used our our translations. And then we also um, acquire, like, you know, we, 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 we get them in the Netherlands that, that are also giving information about New Netherlands, about, mm. yeah, whatever, about the, the West India Company, everything that has to deal with New Netherland. So it's 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 kind of nice, like to see it to see the project, the New Netherland project, uh, develop from such a um, small project, mm-hmm. and and it has really grown into something big with a whole big research room on the on the seventh floor in the library. Hmm. Yeah. And Ch- Charlie's been at it longer than you, right? I mean, he's like oh yeah, maybe. A- uh, and but then you went at it for thirty-five years, or it's what it says here. Um, are are you near done, or what? Uh, have, no, there's an end to it, isn't there? <laughs> there should be an end to it sometime. But we, have, we I, I keep forgetting how many volumes have been published, and I'm sorry, Bob. I I, I can't even give you an answer to that. It's, I, I well, just, I mean, according I to Paul Grandel's article, he said you'd completed eight volumes of translations. Okay, yeah, that, I, I, I believe it. <laughs> it's, um, there might actually even be more, but I don't know out of the top of my head. But there are still, um, there's still quite a bit of stuff left. There are, um, I don't know how, you, you, you get me on that one. Um, I don't know how, I think there is right. at least two-thirds or something done of it. But mm-hmm. it's a lot two-thirds. of work, because what yeah. you do... With, with those um, translations, I mean, it's not... A lot of people think that it's really easy that, that you just kind of turn on Google Translate and you got a translation, but it doesn't, <laughs> it, it doesn't work that way. We've, yeah, and explain why it doesn't work that way. I mean, this is like a... It's not... The, I presume you speak the Dutch, but yeah. it's not the Dutch people speak today. No, 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 and uh, and and well, I was lucky. I studied Dutch, and that that had also a lot of uh, 17th century and medieval Dutch in it. But um, but most people, when they see a Dutch document from here, they are unable to read it, and and also unable to understand it because it's 17th century Dutch. It would be something like um, English from the 17th century. The handwriting is completely different. So first of all. You, no, I was going to say something, but first of all, you deal with documents that have gone through several fires that have been <clears throat> um, damaged, you know, like, like there are edges of the paper some, sometimes burned, um, and then there is the water damage on it, and, and they, they were... They were brought from different lo- to different locations. Like when the English took over, they were brought from New Amsterdam to Boston, and then when the Dutch took it back over, they were brought back. But the transportation, of course, was not all that careful, carefully organized. So they w- would be on wagons, and you know they they were stored not in in nicely um, maintained archives, but they were just 
you know, they, at some point they were in a leaking warship, I think, uh, mm-hmm. some some place, and then in a in an old, they were thrown out of a something burning fort over there. I, they, they were in different places, so those documents are damaged. Then you have the handwriting that is different, uh, so they need to be all transcribed because before you can even start translating, they need to be transcribed. Be- then you don't have to struggle with the handwriting all the time. And some handwriting, most handwritings are really nice and because a secretary kept the documents, but mm-hmm. some of them are in, in Stuyvesant's handwriting and it's it's pretty pretty tough to read that. And um and then you know you get you get some other other people that that are maybe German influenced. Well, also in fact, there's one story again. I keep going back to Paul Grandal's article about you. That yeah. uh, one of the scholars or writers who's used your work, uh, you're in, in Charlie, is Russell Shorto, who wrote the book of oh, The yeah. Island at the Center of the World about what we call New York City, or you know, the New Netherland colony of New Amsterdam, maybe it was called. But anyway, there was this man who was a secretary to Peter Stuyvesant or secretary of the board. And it was very hard to read some of this stuff. And you came to the conclusion that that was because he was drinking. He had a <laughs> drinking problem. Yeah, that was actually the commander of Fort Orange, the Dijkman. And the man, uh, that, was, that was already said in his time that he was a drunkard. And and also he, 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 he I, I think he went kind of mad or something. His, his wife later received poor relief and um he was taken out of a meeting at some point and just kind of um fired from his job and his handwriting was really bad and <laughs> these these are documents actually that are in the Albany County Hall of Records in a fat fat book and he he sometimes his handwriting became so tiny and it would be almost like one line and then there were all these blots and sp- and 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 smudges on the paper, and um, and yeah, and you 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 because I I I was making bi- little biographies from different people in Fort Orange, and then you get to know the people a little bit. So I knew that you know that that how how his life went eventually, and you mm-hmm. just kind of think like my goodness, did he was he drinking here, or maybe he was so drunk that he was crying, or I, oh, I think something like that. I, yeah. yeah, you just wonder <laughs> about the documents themselves, like, what, okay. what happened here? Why is this, you know, why <laughs> did like there come water or Yanni, whatever it is? Okay, Yanni Veenema is uh, with us. For many years, she's been translating uh, Dutch records of the New Netherland uh, colony, uh, which we call New York State, um, up in uh, up in Albany, working with Charlie Gearing. Uh, Gearing, let me ask you, who's going to finish this work? It sounds like it's going to be uh, more work than, I mean, if you're leaving, and, um, well, anyway, uh, does Charlie have other people working on this? I am not sure. I, I don't know, Bob. I, 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 I really don't know. Simple answer. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that it, yeah. it continues. But if I could, to change the subject, if I could, I'd like to change the subject again and uh, get you to talk about your interest in uh, 
I, and again, I might not pronounce this correctly, Beverwijk. You wrote a book, Beverwijk, a Dutch village on the American frontier. That's one of the uh, Dutch names for what we call Albany? Yeah, yeah. And uh, exactly. And and the reason that I'm, I was interested in it was actually, or was interested, you know, you, it, it, it'll be funny to hear, but I hated history. I also am not much of a game player, you know, like cards or, or, or just games. I, I don't really like. And then Char- and puzzles I don't like. And then Charlie asked me at some point when he was translating the Fort Orange court minutes, um, he said to me, Yanni, could you make like a plan of Albany in the 1650s? And I thought like, eh, that can't be too high. There were not that many people around then. So I said, yeah, I'll do it. Well, that was the toughest thing. It was a puzzle, and it was history. So here you go. And then eventually it took me years to figure it out because the translations that already existed uh, didn't always, um, were not always correct. And then the Dutch documents, when I transcribed them, that was the fat book in uh, the Albany County Hall of Records, they they were also contradictory, and uh, so it was really tough to figure out where everybody lived. But then I had so much material in the end, and the, and the, and the Fort Orange court, man, court minutes had already been published by long before I finally kind of figured out that map because it was so much more work than anybody anticipated. And then I thought, yeah, now I have all this stuff. What am I going to do with it? It would be a shame just to put a map and nobody will know anything. So then I, then I started um, more writing about it, and eventually that that uh, became my dissertation. But at least the, all the all the work that I did for that map, at least that's what is in that book. Wow, and Beverwijk was the name for what we call Albany in the 1650s. Is that yeah, in the 1650s. It was um, it, it was a part of Rensselaerswijk, the the patroonship that 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 was lent that was bought by Kilian van Rensselaer. The um, well, that that's a long story by itself. But um, in in the six, Kilian had died, and his successors uh, they they in, they they wanted to do to to build the center of the patroonship. Um, on the west side, so around the around Fort Orange, while Killian from Rensselaer wanted it on the east side of the of the river, and uh, so that his farmers could not get involved in the fur trade. Mm-hmm. And um, when they started building around Fort Orange, that's when Stuyvesant became pretty mad at uh, at the at the patroonship, and. Um, and that was a that was a big conflict at the time in 1652, and uh, eventually he said, "Well, this will have to stop. I'm going to put boundary markers around Fort Orange, and that area, I'm going to declare Beverwijk." And 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 it's kind of an ironic name, maybe in a way, because a beaver is a beaver. <clears throat> so right. It would be the district of the beavers, so that would be the district where people could trade trade in the beaver in the beaver trade. But all the colonists that had been uh, going over to um, um, to to Fort Orange to to Rensselaerswijk had already built houses in that area. So mm. 
in one move, the, the patroon lost most of that area and, and his colonists <clears throat> to, to, the, to the West India Company. Okay, so, so and that's when you see the name David and, and, and you've also written a book about <laughs> Killian von Rensselaer, but yes. uh, I don't know if, we, if we, the time is marching on. We have just five minutes left. I, I just wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. you're, uh, I believe you've stopped working uh, for uh, on the translations now. Are you going back to Holland? Yes, I am. But that's been held up by the, uh, the, yeah. the virus problems? I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was supposed to. I, I had a flight booked on the 28th of uh, April, and I was going to retire by the um, also at the end of April, and um, yeah, the, the 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 coronavirus has has just messed everything up. So my retirement papers were not even signed yet because they did not want to see me until two weeks before I would leave. And so I'm still working. <laughs> oh, you're and still working. Okay. I'm still working. And, and I have not yet been able to book a flight yet. So I'm, I'm going to look into it. I, I'm kind of thinking that maybe by, um, you know, like mid-July or something that, I, that it would be safe to fly, I hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah um, and, and would you continue working on something like this over in the Netherlands, or what do you think you'll do when you get there? Um, well, I, I, I have different ide- uh, a lot of ideas, actually. I would like to do something with uh, maybe teach Dutch to, to refugees. I would also want to do something with animal protection, but I also want to f- want to work a little bit still for the New Netherland project and um, translate like like maybe one or two more volumes. Hmm. So I'll be and I'll be involved, and I have um, I'll I'll keep my email address and my, and a uh, little space in the education building because I get like an emeritus. Um, situation status so, uh, sure so i'll still have a place there you'll be you'll be an emeritus yeah <laughs> and so <laughs> i do have a couple of minutes you in addition to the book on Beverwijk, you have a book on a biography right of killian von rensselaer yeah, 1586 that was to, to yeah. 1643 <clears throat> yeah and he um but that's a book that is more on the very early history um, because, you know, I thought like with the Beverwick book, people would would uh, kind of stop asking questions all the time, too, you know, because I figured well, now they can read what is what happened and so forth. But then they started <laughs> asking different questions like, yeah, but how was it over there? Why did all these colonists leave the Dutch Republic and why did they come over here? So and then I, I thought like, you know, maybe I should still write more about the situation in the Dutch Republic at the time. So then I um, did a lot of research on that and, and placed Killian von Rensselaer in, in his own time. He, he was born in 1586, and he died in 1643. So that time period is kind of described in that book. And mm-hmm. um, But Killian has never been in New Netherland. So I, I described... I describe his situation more from the um, uh, how do you say it from from the Netherlands. So how what was he doing there and um, oh, okay. what kind of person he might have been. 
Well, what kind of person was he? We just have a few seconds left. I gather he wasn't completely admirable. I don't know. Uh, I like the guy, I think. And, and I don't, you know, you, there's a lot of questions that you really don't know how the answer is. I, um, I think he was, I mean, that was for the first time that people were settling in a different continent. You know, the Dutch did not have a colony or something. And this is like something so new. Yanni Venema has been our guest on the Historian's uh, podcast. Best wishes to you. Okay. You've been listening to the Historian's podcast, and I'm Bob Cutmore.